All right. Hello, Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast. Bonus podcast. Hello, Barrett. How are you, sir? I am well. Uh, for those uh, not in the know or those that need a reminder, that is Barrett Antar Goodwin, musician, African-American person of color, and I am Nathan Timmel, uh, cracker-ass hunky and comedian, and we've been friends since we were roommates in college, and... Yeah, it's been a minute. I think uh, it's the joke we've told each other is that we spent $25,000 to become friends, and that was about yeah. it, because the education was... <laughs> we haven't done anything with it. Um, you know. Obviously, I don't know if you can tell, I'm sitting differently than I was last week. I... I have a penis envy of your room, so I, I, last week I sat in front of this uh, lovely bass that you gave me, and no one could see it, so I'm like, well, he has like 20 instruments behind him. I, <laughs> I can at least show both of mine. Yes. <laughs> Just look at all yours, I'm like, oh, those are so pretty. But all I need is two. I have a fretless and a fretted, and I'm happy. That's all I need is two also. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so... Um, Last week, uh, when we talked and recorded, we talk even when we don't record, obviously, but uh, last week, we, we talked about education a little bit, and we talked about the news media cycle and the now, mm -hmm. now, now aspect of it. Everything is quick and forget and quick and forget. And I realized that um, the reason is that the, the odd thing about doing this once a week, recording it, is... All week long, I think, oh, shit, we need to talk about that. Something will happen. Ah, make a note. We need to talk. And then by the end, I've got this yeah. list that's 500 items long. Yeah. I'm like, we're not going to fucking talk about all that. Uh, it yeah. would be absurd because we would cover each thing for 30 seconds, and then we wouldn't be having a conversation. So I have ideas, but is there anything on your mind that you'd like to open with or talk about? No, not really. No, I'm sure we'll. I'm sure we'll get to. We'll get there. there. All right. Well, then here's what's going on in my world. I'm. I guess I'm. I, not disappointed because I don't get disappointed in the Democrats. Uh, it's it's more. <laughs> funny, like oh well, there it is. Like I I was wondering how they would trip over their own dick and lose the next election, even though. Right. I mean, by it should be a landslide. The uh, and so this past week, defund the police has become the rallying cry, and that's just a slogan that the Republicans are going to latch onto. And th this ties in with education. We talked about. I, I always joke that I have really stupid high school friends because I went to a small racist town where education wasn't a priority, and it's not so much that. It's it's a joke, and I, and I like a lot of them. And but there there's an intellectual lack of curiosity, and when you combine a lack of curiosity with catchphrases like "lock her up, build the wall, defund the police," then that's as far as you go. So when I first heard the phrase "defund the police," it struck me as odd. It made me go, "That seems Minneapolis is going to do what?" And so I researched it, and I went, oh, okay, this is what it means. And we can talk about that, yeah. but by no means are either of us an expert in this. I am as stupid as a potato. I'm not dumber than a potato, so I have that going for me, but I am as stupid as a potato. <laughs> but when I don't understand something, I look it up. 
And now that I understand what defund the police means, I go, okay, I see their point, and that is actually a very good idea. It's the worst catchphrase in the world. It is a horrible, yeah. horrible hashtag, and people without any curiosity will go to news sources that verify their angers and fears, and then they will just use it as an excuse. See, the Democrats want to get rid of the police. They want to abolish police. They want uh, crime. They hate the police. And that's the end-all, be-all of the narrative. They, they never get beyond that. And it's, it's disappointing on several levels that I've already mentioned. The idea that Democrats are so bad at messaging. Whoever thought of the phrase, defund the police, they, they couldn't have committed that and come up with how about demilitarize the police or um, humanize the police. You know, uh, go, go to the police, uh, the, the police with the police, rehumanize yourself, rehumanize mm -hmm. the police. You know, Billy's joined the little front. He always was a little runt. He's got his hands in the air with the other. They play that song on the radio, too. I've heard that song on the radio. And every time they oh, do, I don't think right. anybody realizes the word cunt is in that song. But <laughs> they do now. They do now if they listen to us. But I, I always get a kick out of it when I hear that song on the radio. I just sing along. He's got yeah. his hands in the air with the other cunts. You got the. Anyway, so that's where my head's at. Uh, what are your thoughts on all of this on lack of intellectual curiosity, defunding the police as a slogan and an idea, and anything else, anywhere else you want to go with it. All right. Well, <clears throat> feel free to interrupt at any time. I think that when I first heard the term defund the police, I was shocked. Let me, like, this will be my first interrupt. The first time I heard it was several days ago with Minneapolis. Had you heard it before yeah. this? Yeah, but not much. I mean, okay. within the past week, okay. it's been so. So not like know. years ago, because it yeah. it has happened in places uh, like in Camden, New Jersey, is one of the examples that's being tossed I mean, but around. In Cam Camden is great now. Yeah, that's one of the, that's I mean, the example that's being used. So anyway, I, that was and, my interruption. Continue. Yeah. I'm sorry. And uh, I was like, oh well, that's not going to go over well. That was my first thought. Is like they can't possibly be serious. But once you look into it, my understanding is that it doesn't mean defund it means reform not reform like as in police reform but literally reform like break it down put it back together again better that's my understanding of it what's your understanding of it my limited understanding is and it's i've heard this from several sources and by no means am i an expert because again i'm only three days deep into this um and I, I have small experience with this. Back in college, you and I were both security guards for a limited period in time. And I, I worked in low-income housing and had to call 911 for a family that did not have a phone. And the operator was like, they, they saw the address, and I said, I'm, I'm just the guy in the lobby. They say they need an ambulance. The Someone's sick. And they're like, are, they, are you sure they're sick? I'm like, I'm just sitting in the lobby. I, I don't know if they're... So the paramedics show up and they're like, yeah, the, they had a stomach ache and that was it. Um, so where this is all going is right now the police are used for everything. Oh, there's a, you know, a stray dog, send the police. Uh, there's a homeless guy, send the police. Uh, there's someone that has mental health issues, send the police and just lock them up. And when they're busybodying doing all this work, they're not actually investigating crimes or preventing crime or patrolling and just being a presence because they're they're called because there's a stray dog in the neighborhood so defund the police means 
take, you know, like uh, whatever the budget is, I've seen some of the budgets say $70 million for a city, take 10 million of that and put it into a million for dog catchers, uh, 2 million for mental health treatment, uh, shelter and people that can go right. and like, oh, there's a homeless guy. Okay, let's go see if he's actually great. So it's not yeah. eliminating the police. It's eliminating some of their burden. It's taking some of their workload away. Shit they probably don't want to be doing anyway. They're like going and rousing homeless people from a park. So yeah. from what limited understanding I have, defunding is not eliminating. It's shifting funds so that the police do not have to deal with every fucking thing. Some people, going back to my personal story as a security guard, some people use 911 for everything. I mean, there are jokey I mean, stories I can't think of right now, but... But what are you supposed to do? I guess that's the real question, right? Like, what do you do if you're sitting there and you're really hurt and you need an ambulance, you call 911, but does the, do the cops automatically come with the ambulance? Generally. Like, my, under, yeah, like my understanding is that when the police get called for things that they don't need to be there for, the chances of escalation skyrocket because they come armed and ready to arrest and detain and do stuff. They're not, my understanding is that they're not even trained to deal with mental illness in those ways. Right. And half the, I don't know what the number is. You can check the statistics. Somebody else can fact check this, but a good portion of the, at least the black people that get killed by cops are mentally ill. Right. And so like, if you're talking about like, they see a guy, the guy's, the person's mentally ill, and they don't know what to do with that, and they shoot the person, when really what the person needed was a person who understood what they were dealing with. Yeah. That would have de-escalated the situation. And I get, I feel like the, the current police force is trained like soldiers. They're not trained to be guardians, they're trained to be warriors. And there's a huge difference between being a warrior and being a guardian, right? Like, they're yeah. just two different jobs. And uh, you send a warrior where you need a therapist you might have a problem. And I'm not saying that's their fault, but that's their training, right? I've seen some of the videos. They're not trained to de-escalate. Like, they are kind of, but kind of the way, like, you know, music school, you have English class. You know what I mean? It's like, well, it's kind of English class. It's like, you know what I mean? Write an essay about your first musical experience. Right. right? It wasn't really English. It was English enough to give to justify giving you a degree instead of a diploma. That's all. Well, right. I, and I feel like I listened that's to what a, their de-escalation a lawyer, classes are like. I just, before I forget this, I listened to a lawyer in a podcast who was talking about how the way police handle situations, because they are dealing with so much so often, much of the time, and I don't want to use always, but their their solution is what's going on fuck it arrest everybody and then work it out later like they gave several examples yeah. of fights outside a club or a bar well oh, yeah. two guys are fighting but there are three people or four people in the group just arrest them all get them all the fuck out yeah. of there just yeah and so yeah that they, they don't have time to like right. go in and talk to every person and find out who the inst- it's just like right. okay round them all up i mean it happened to a friend of mine somebody tried to rob him somebody pulled out a box cutter and he was, he's a black guy and a white guy tried to rob him with a box cutter and the cops showed up <laughs> and he's beating the dude's ass. And let's right? see, well, how did the cops read that situation? Right, exactly. Like, you know, the, the guy ran off, the cops grabbed him, the guy's running off and he's like, what are you crazy? That guy tried to rob me. They're not listening to him. They're throwing him down on the ground, treating him like shit. Yeah. Then the person, the person who saw the fight went and said, hey, that's the guy who who's robbing him. You go catch that guy, and they went and they tracked him down and caught him. But they both got arrested. 
and they both got hauled in, and they both got their time wasted, and eventually they let him go. No apology, no nothing like that. See ya. Yeah. And that was it, and it's like, right, that's, whatever, it's a day out of his life, but still. You know, like, there was no, there wasn't even an attempt to find out his side of the story. It's kind of like, well, we don't really care. You're all going down. That's it. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure like, it yeah. out somewhere else. Let's just get right. you out of this situation, get right. you downtown. Exactly. And maybe that is the best way to handle certain situations. I don't really know, right? Who's got time to talk to 15 people to suss out who's the, who's right, who's wrong, and all that other stuff. But they've got the time to play judge, jury, and executioner. Right, I suppose if you walk into a situation and you go, oh, I don't know what to do here, you just shoot people, right? Not that that's, it's not that I'm oversimplifying, yeah. obviously, but, but you know what I mean? Like, if their method is to do that, I'm sure every person who got shot would rather just get handcuffed and tossed in the back of a car and have their time wasted, you know? That's uh, true. I mean, when it comes to hmm. training, I'll go down, I have two thoughts. One, I read this, again, not an expert, that one of the police officers i mean there's there's so many sources it's so easy to read several things and and like oh this must be true wait this kind that some of these police they go through six months of training i mean mm-hmm. that's not a lot when it comes to you know having a gun and interacting with the public there's so that i would hope that's wrong um i said i had two thoughts and i already lost the other one <laughs> that's how dumb i am that's how dumb you are when you're a potato um yeah, it's gone. There was something you said that made me think of it about training. and <laughs> Yeah, should have said that yeah. one first. Yeah, we'll come back to it. I mean, honestly, though, my, my real issue, like if we just take the deep dive, I suppose, my real issue is, is not, it is the way that they're trained and things like that, but it's more... Mm-hmm. I thought of it. So when it comes to training... Um, it might have been a Malcolm Gladwell podcast. All I do is listen to podcasts, so they all become a jumble up here. But uh, went deep into police training and showed a video where a cop was talking to a guy, white guy, uh, and being nice. He had been called in on a domestic uh, situation, I believe it was. And he gets the guy outside, and he's talking. And he's like, hey, what's going on? And the guy just pulls a gun out and sh- shoots him. Cop's dead. And that video is shown to cops. Like, you have to keep your guard up at all times. And so I, I can't, it's got to be difficult as shit to be a cop, especially right now with everybody yelling at you and, and then you hear defund the police. And I think that gets back into a lack of curiosity. You just hear this God awful fucking phrase that doesn't mean what it means. Right. I mean, <clears throat> I don't imagine being a police officer is easy. My issue is very similar to when we when we talk about this in any situation right my issue is that police officers suffer they have a, a huge degree of domestic violence in their relationships right like more than most people like the statistics of what they go through in their home lives and the all the stuff that they go through clearly says that the job is too difficult for people to do for prolonged periods of time, yeah. right? The rate of alcoholism, drug abuse, like <clears throat> domestic violence, all that stuff, right? If we look at that, I don't understand why that's not taken seriously, right? Like, is the cost of having warriors to protect you worth 
what they have to go through. Do you know what I mean? Right, like, maybe those cops who kill people are just perfectly normal people who've been just pushed to the edge. They've just pushed too far for too long. They're just too long in the red, so they just can't see straight, you know? Like, I don't know, but there does seem to be an issue, and when the issue comes up, people tend to act like it's not an issue. Like, people make excuses, like, well, they're cops, they just have a hard time. Yeah, but if they go home and beat their children, their spouses, and their dog, that's a problem too, right? Like, it's not just black people. And I would imagine if you go to any poor white town, any of those mountainous regions where there's tons of trailer parks, my guess is those people have no love for the cops either because the cops don't treat them well either. And if you trace it all the way back to, well, I think we talked about this last week, where the foot, the soldiers running around in Iraq and doing stuff like that, they believe they're really fighting for freedom when probably they're fighting for some oil company. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they just don't know, right? So they're good, genuine people, but the disconnect from the top to the bottom is huge. But really what the policing is about seems to me the prison industrial complex, right? Like if you can get a bunch of firefighters to work for a dollar an hour because they're prisoners and you can get them to go fight fires for you for $10 a day. Let's be and then when they get out. Very specific. That's usually forest fires. I think most of the, I don't think yeah. there are any uh, regular fire departments like that. But yeah, no. when it comes to but they, California but they, and but, big right. fires. But I mean, forest fires, they were they build half GM's car parts. Not half, but you know, they build a crazy they, they amount do, of parts for GM. They have GM. phone banks. They, they do call centers. I they saw do one that had a that salmon stuff. farm. For fuck's sake. Right. I mean, you're eating fish and it's coming from a prison. And yeah, there was a judge and it's just one that was busted for, oh, you jaywalked. You're going to prison. Like it was. Right. Oh, bumping up charges. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but like how many times does that happen? Some kid gets arrested or something and they just need slaves. And it's like why that's not a violation of the 13th Amendment is beyond me. Right. Like we can talk about, you know, all this other stuff. But at the end of the day. That's slave labor, right? You're, it's not because you're paying them a dollar. Right? But it's also it's not paying just them. it's it's a it's an industry. It's it used to be right. it's a huge federal um, prisons, and now they're private right. prisons that need yeah filled. And and if you look at the you follow the money, right? So you have a prison that gets a government subsidy, yeah. and has tons of money, and then can take that money and afflict legislation that creates laws that put more people in jail so they have more bodies that they can go put out basically grist for the mill essentially right so the disconnect between the people who run the prisons and the people on the ground is massive like some of those cops may actually believe that what they're doing is their civic duty and doing a good job of it when in reality they're just building up the slaves right and the problem that i have with it is that again i say this all the time my guess is that poor white people are in there also. Not to the same degree, but I bet they're in there, right? Because those poor kids, those poor people who live, like, they deserve better than that too, right? Like, if you make the face of poverty and the face of violence and the face of everything a black face, then it's very easy for for all kinds of people to be like, eh, we don't need to do that. But if, but if you actually start to humanize it, because black people aren't human in this country, right? They know people don't see it as human, and they can argue they do, but they, you know, it's you know, how many times do black bodies get killed, and there's never any sympathy. There's always some reason why it happened. There's always something that is just so utter nonsense. Well, what did they do? 
well, they made a fast move, so that's why they got shot. It's like, really? Really? So the cops are trained to misread all the time, right? Like, every time somebody goes, oh, like that, they get shot. Like, that's supposed to be reasonable, right? Like, it doesn't happen in the military, right? From my understanding, military police don't shoot people as often. They don't have any of these incidences. The, I, the, the racial violence is significantly diminished. Again, I haven't fact-checked that, but... Why not just train them like you train them? Like, if you're going to train them like soldiers, really train them like soldiers. Well, I think it's because right? the first thought that pops into my head is the military is already an inclusive club. So the military right. police are policing, you know, they, 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 okay, you're wearing the uniform, you're automatically good, except right. you're bad. Like, I, I love, right. I, I, I talked to an MP in, I can't remember if it was Iraq or Afghanistan, and it was hilarious. The guy... He was so serious. He was just like, man, these these people, this job is so tough. I, I caught these guys, they had pornography. I mean, come on, that's illegal. And I'm just like, yeah, but they're alone and they're far from home. What are you going right. to do? Let them jerk off. But he was like, pornography. And like, he expected me to have his back. So maybe there is just sort of yeah. a mindset to the authoritative figure. I don't but know. There may, there may be. But going back I mean, to what you, you know... said, it, I don't... You said something I thought was funny. You, 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 you Donald Trumped the police where, you know, you know, they're rapists and they're drug dealers. And some of them are very fine people or whatever he said about Hispanics, Mexicans, right. as he put it. Um, right. I, I, I think that the police, you know, is like anything. I think you have the, the guys in high school that just wanted to beat people up the join. And I think you have uh, family bloodlines of grandpa was a cop dad's i want to be a cop and you have Absolutely. people that want to be cops they want to protect and serve and i think the more you demonize police the less you're going to get the people that want to protect and serve and the more you're going to get you know the guys that are angry and okay well fuck you i'll show them and become a cop anyway but, it's it, but, I mean, it goes back know, to escalation my understanding is that in like 2008 the fbi did studies that showed that the white nationalists and white supremacists had infiltrated the police and the military to a high degree sounds right that's scary though yeah and the fact that like that's out there and everybody acts like that's not a real thing that like that there's nothing there's nothing connecting dead black bodies white supremacy and police like everybody wants to deny that line even though pretty much from the beginning of since there have been black people and police police their job has been to keep black people in line their job was never to help white help black people back in the day obviously half the kkk members were the, the cops right the cops were the ones beating the rioters up in the 60s right putting the fire hoses on them and shit that was the cops yeah. that wasn't like you know that was the cops when people were going there's no such thing as racism right like if you leave racism up to white people to decide what the definition is the definition is always running around in a kkk hood yelling nigger 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 that's what it means to be a racist Anything less than that is not racism, according to people, right? So as long as nobody does that, there's no such thing as racism. And so if in the, in the 60s, Red Fox was joking about the chokehold, in the 70s, Richard Pryor was joking about the chokehold, in the 80s, I don't remember if Eddie Murphy did any chokehold jokes. But Chris Rock but, might have. Right, Chris Rock probably did. And now... It's still here, and people are acting like it's some new thing, and it's like, man, there's as we say, they're the debating hood, about whether or not it should be this. used. It's like this is a right. debate, but it's like, you know, 
But what did Richard Pryor say? They, they be killing niggas out here. They got this thing a chokehold, and they just get. And it's like, right, like this has been going on for a very long time. And the problem is, like, I had a friend call me today, and we we're talking about it, and I was like, you know. He's asking me, like, what I think he should do, and he just wants to listen. He's like, you know, I just want to listen and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's really sweet, right? Like, he wants to listen. and White guy? You know, I, yeah. Okay. And I and I, I hear that because everybody keeps telling white people to shut the fuck up and listen, <laughs> right? And so he's, like, offering up, hey, I'm willing to listen. And I was like, that should presuppose that I want to talk about this. But, but or to aside you. From that, <laughs> right, right. But, but at the same time, I was like, you know, He's a good friend, so, like, I wanted to be honest with him. I was like, man, listen, it sounds to me like what white people are saying is, hey, black people, help us with our psychological problem with you guys. And I'm like, but you're the one with the problem. Why are you asking me what you should do about a problem you have? We want you to be our therapist. We've seen Hollywood. You're our magical Negro. But that's exactly what it is. Like, even that in and of itself is lit. Because because he's like, well, what can I do? I was like, well, you can just go buy some books on colored folk. You know what I mean? Go buy a book that's not written from the perspective of a white guy. That's actually happening. Have you heard that? You know? No. Tell me this. Uh, Today's podcast could have been NPR. Could I have no clue? Like I said, I listen to (laughs) so many of them. You're a potato. Yeah. I know. I got it. Um, But... So the podcast I listened to, no, it was yesterday on my bike ride yesterday. I'm listening to it and riding my bike and uh, either eight of the 10 or all 10 books in the top seller list are how to be an anti-racist. Uh, you know, they're, they're all okay. books on race. So that's not what I mean. Oh, I'm that's just saying nonsense. people are actually buying books right. is what I'm saying is like maybe people are trying to educate themselves. So yeah. hopefully it's happening. I mean, here's the thing. The funny thing is that like, and I was talking to somebody else about this. The funny thing about racism among liberal people, liberal the liberal whites, we'll call them, right? <laughs> Is that it doesn't seem like racism, you know? Right? Like, there's a time, a handful of years ago, I was attempting to get my shit together, you know? Like, all right, time for me to grow the fuck up. How'd that work know? out for you? Yeah, you know, <laughs> give the old college try. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but, you know, so, like, I'm like, all right, so I'm trying to get serious and do some things like that, and one of my white friends comes up to me, and he's like, hey, man, like, it's like an intervention, you know, like, it was him and his girlfriend at the time, and they wanted to sit me down to explain to me how my new behavior wasn't really cool, how, like, they missed the self-depreciating jokes I used to tell about myself and all this other stuff and what am I doing like do and I was like oh that's so interesting and at the time I was like oh yeah okay maybe they're right you know and I had to re-examine my my thoughts about what I was doing and I was like that's so funny because all I'm doing is being assertive I'm not even being aggressive I'm just stepping out of being subservient or even being assertive or being just confident because i think there's a difference in right exactly i mean right yeah. I, right assertive might even be too strong a yeah. word and his reaction was no and i started to think about it because i was thinking about all the people you know he's a musician so i mean he and his girlfriend they're both musicians so like we know all kinds of people and i started thinking about all the white people he knew in his life all the white men and 
none of them, they seemed to have any problem with them. And some of them were just straight dicks, right? <laughs> like just assholes. He had no problem with them, but he had a problem with me. And I was like, okay, this is the problem with it because that's how racism works, right? And if I asked him about it, he'd be like, what do you mean? I love you, dude. You're one of my good friends. Like, I, I would never try to do anything to hold you back. I'm just telling you that this new way you're being is just not really cool. And if I called him racist, he'd be like, what are you, fucking crazy? Of course I'm not racist. Like, that's absurd, right? And in his mind, he believes that he would tell all of his white friends the same thing, except he didn't. And all of his black friends were, quote-unquote, he's happiest around them when they're subservient or looking up to him or letting him make all the decisions and all his white friends he's perfectly happy being subservient to them and letting them make decisions i was like right that's how it works because it's subtle he doesn't realize he's doing it and that's how policies get made liberal people go in and will go well those blacks they're just not as smart as they need our help without our help they can't survive we're gonna have to and it's just a thought process about black people just not being equal like and and when you hear, we can segue this into your girl Candace Owens, when you hear the idiot Candace Owens of the world and they say certain things, some of the stuff has a ring of truth. When they talk about the Democrats and how the Democrats aren't really black people's friends and stuff, like in this Biden thing is a huge example. It's like, they're like, fuck you. We're going to put this guy up because it's either this or Trump. So what the fuck are you going to do about it, nigga? Well, like, actually, you know I mean? that's <laughs> your fucking fault. Iowa gave you Pete Buttigieg, New Hampshire, and Bernie Sanders, and he went to South Carolina, hey, and the African-American vote, Biden straight to the top, <laughs> and everybody dropped out. Right. Because, everybody good dropped out. you know what out. it is? Because black folks like him because he was Obama's boy. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's like, yeah, you know. Before we could go too far down the Candace Owen thing, this, this goes back to what I said earlier. If news happens so fast that we forget mm -hmm. to move on, uh, th this can tie into the Democratic Party and racism and liberalism. Several weeks ago, we talked about, um, I forget her name, Central Park Kathy, Central Park Karen. Oh, Central Park Karen. Karen. Yeah. And, Amy Cooper, I think her yeah, name was. Yeah, Amy Cooper. And then the guy's name was Cooper, too. You suggested here before... I heard it anywhere else. He said, you know, she might not even be a racist. She might have just pulled that out of her ass because she knew in that situation. I don't. Do you remember exactly what you said? Yeah. Like, yeah, something like that. And then it yeah, turns out go -to. she donated to President Obama. She is a hardcore Democrat, you know, like, yeah. But in that right, moment, like, she knew black guy cops like that's what you talk about. It's so tr ingrained right. and instinctive. Right. It's not right. Like, she doesn't I mean, walk around dropping the N-bomb, but when it works to her no, situation... I mean, when... she said, I'm going to tell them that an African-American yeah. man... And she didn't say, I'm going to tell them some fucking nigger, some black bastard... Well, I'm just saying she whatever. knew she... the power dynamic. She... Even even if right. she wasn't going to say, uh, drop the N-bomb, right. she knew the power dynamic <clears throat> right. when she needed it. Yeah, when she needed it. And that, and that's the thing. And if you ever ask her if she's racist, she'd be like, of course not. Right, and that's what made and me she think it is your friend. Right, and she doesn't think she is... But this is the thing about racism, and, and I was thinking about this the other day, because, you know, I spend all my time thinking about racism. What I, what I, I realized that racism, to me, my understanding of it is that it's, it's generally media-created, right? It's, it's created through media and through inherited identities, right? And I feel like what the media does is it teaches you how to think and it teaches you what is true and what isn't true. It just gives you a set of rules that you're supposed to follow to belong to whatever club you want to belong to. 
And what happens is the average person, be they black, white, or other, they walk around with these tra- with this training that, like, when I walk into a situation, my immediate response when something negative happens and it's a it's a there's it's me and a white person is that mm, this could be racism. Now there might be zero racism present. I could just be being an asshole, or that person could just be an asshole. Could be any number of things, but in my mind, racism is always a presence there and that's a real problem but that's training right and i and and in that way i understand when white people say everything isn't about race all the time and they're right it isn't about race all the time sometimes it's not but i've been trained through years of having it literally be racism from the time i was like three or four like i can remember crazy stories of things happening to my parents, things happening. By the time I was six, six or seven, it was a quick segue, segue but I thought about this because I thought about like, what I say to white people all the time is, statistically speaking, chances are the mo- most of the people who have ever inflicted harm upon you look like you, right? Most anybody who ever hit you, stole from you, yelled at you, screamed at you, fired you from a job, broke your heart probably a white person just statistically speaking that's who does the crime stays pretty inside of its own demographic right and i can think for myself i was thinking, yeah that's true like i uh, black people did tons of harm to me as a kid and so did white people tons of like traumatic experience at the hands of both the difference is and this is a big one is that the black people were children in my own age bracket, and the white people were adults. They're grown-ups, you know what I mean? There's, like, grown white people doing things, and that's that's what we seem to forget, is that, like, in the 50s and 60s, grown white people were killing black boys what? for looking at white women and shit. And, not, like, and that wasn't that long ago. Right, that's what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's still, you know, I remember just a hand, maybe 10, 10, 15 years, there's some uh, black kid down in Texas, no, he's Texas, so what do you expect? Well, Ahmaud Arbery three weeks ago. Right. I mean, but like, but like, there was a kid who was dating a woman. He was dating this woman for a couple of years. Not woman, girl. They were kids. They're in high school, and they were they were dating for a couple of years. And the minute he turned eighteen, the dad called the cops and had him arrested and had him thrown in jail for statutory rape because the daughter was seventeen or something like that. Right. Yeah. She was like seventeen or sixteen. Wasn't that a John Grisham but, novel too? Right, it's like, yeah. right, it's like what, what, and somehow that's okay. Like I get it; it's the law, but they've already been dating. But Texas has their thing, and so they're like, "No, he's eighteen, and she's a minor still." So that's it. And it's like, yeah, but yesterday they were just two kids in love, and now magically today he goes to jail, and he's been dating her for years. Like I'm not saying that like if she's like thirteen, but they're all in high school. Yeah, I don't know how old she is. We'd have to fact check it, but I don't think she was more than two years younger than him, which is, you know, seventeen and fifteen, seventeen, sixteen. That's freshman dating a junior sophomore dating a senior the junior dating a senior that's like typical high school life he was still in high school he hadn't graduated yet you know what i mean i'm like right but he's locked up he lost his scholarship all kinds of stuff and it's like right like that stuff happens all the time and it's like that's the kind of stuff right it doesn't seem like it is racist but it's like little tiny things it's like 
I wouldn't people call talk about tiny. <laughs> I mean, that's not tiny. That's a big. But like, example. but I mean, like, like people talk about microaggressions as being bullshit, but it's like they're not. If it just happens to you, fifteen twenty times a day, right? Some microaggression. Somebody cuts in front of you. Somebody elbows you here. Somebody does this. Does this. It's like by the end of the day, right? Like they did a study where they talked about why one of the reasons why black people don't succeed as much as white people in business is because they don't go to happy hour, right? Like, promotions are handed out at happy yeah, hour, Yeah, everything right? is socializing, like, networking, even right, in the it's world all of... social. Com- it, it, you, you think that right. music or comedy is merit-based. The only nah. thing that is merit-based in this world is sports. That's how you can have... Yeah. And, and I'm not using this as an example of negativity. I'll actually use it as an example of positivity. You can have Michael Vick go to jail, come out, and get back in the NFL. Because if he can produce and throw and run, he'll be in the NFL. And a lot of people said that he shouldn't have been. I'm one of the people that says, if you serve your time, then, yeah, because he didn't, I I love animals more than I love most people. You know, he wasn't a goddamn pedophile. He wasn't fucking kids, and then he gets to play. What he did was wrong. He went to jail. He served his time. He played in the NFL because he could produce. I mean, the only one that I mean, hasn't is Kaepernick. Yeah. <laughs> he, right. he lost his job and could produce and never got it back. But yeah. generally, uh, the sport. what I'm saying is sports is merit-based. That's where I was going right. with that. Is sports Absolutely. is merit-based, but everything else is happy hour. It's rubbing right. elbows. It's it's yeah. Merit is one of the least important things um, in, in and, society. And that's a, but that's a real thing, right? Like, if you... If, if the boss is going to take everybody out for drinks and chicken fingers and shit at the local bar and everybody goes there afterwards and hangs out and buddy buddies up and all that stuff. That's, that's how it works. But as a black person who's been sitting in an office for eight hours, dealing with those fucking microaggressions all damn day, the last thing you want to do. And I've talked to black people about this. They're like, I was like, you don't go hang out at happy hour. That's why you're not advancing. And they're like, but I, I really like I have to go I've been I'm I deal with this stuff all day and they pay me to deal with this stuff so I deal with it but then afterwards that's my time I don't want to have to go to another place go to another bar full of only white people who are going to look at me a certain way and treat me a certain way and deal with this stuff and it's like right like I get it like I get it you know like there's times where it's just like you're just not in the mood to deal with it and if white people don't understand that just talk to a woman. You know what I mean? There's times when women go like, yeah, I just don't want to be around. I don't want to be the only woman in a room full of men. You know? I don't want to be the only room. I don't want to be one of three women in a room of 20 guys. They just don't want to deal with it. And it's like, yeah, I get that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get it because, like, it's just the, like, and I, I it, it sounds, like, so ridiculous, like, to say this stuff. Because, like, half my friends are white. And, like, I don't, when I say this stuff, I don't mean everybody, right? I really don't. But there's just something about, like, never having to think about race that is a, that is a luxury, right? To walk into a room full of a bunch of white people <laughs> and not have to wonder what, like, how to act, what to do. There's something, there's something really luxurious about never having to think about it. Well, I know know exactly what you're talking about because I'm pissed as fuck that I have to think about it now. Right. Because I'll give you two examples (laughs) that we've talked about. Um, I don't know if we've talked about it and recorded it for others, but um, 
I've never had to think about it, or I've not never had to. Maybe I've never had to, but I've also just never given a second thought. When we were in college, you took me to a, an all-black mixer because yeah. you were just like, oh, Tim will school. He won't give a fuck. And I just walked in like, hey, you know, like I, I just right. I didn't feel and and take that me who didn't think about race at all and was entirely comfortable. And I would still be comfortable in, in that situation. But the flip side of it is I told you six, eight months ago, I uh, saw a couple of kids a couple blocks from my house, black, uh, littering. And I had the immediate thought to like, hey, fucking pick that up. But the instant I had the thought, I'm like, nope, they're black, I'm white. Now it'll be about race. Now it'll be about this old white guy yelling at kids, even though in right. my mind it's litter. If it had been two white kids, I absolutely would have yelled at them, pick that shit up, don't throw litter. And I hate that I have that thought, that where my first thought is litter, and my second immediate thought is, you can't open your mouth. And that's a shitty place for society to be. Right. Yeah. And that, and that's that's one of the funny things they've said that like they've done they've done studies with <laughs> they time interviews when people go in for interviews to get jobs and stuff, right? And the white people interview the black people for significantly less time, but when they ask them, they feel like they did it for longer. And the reason is because half the time the black person is there, the white person is trying to figure out what to say, how what to, to talk do. to them, and how how not to sound like a racist. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, you know, the problem with racism again is that it largely exists in our minds. It really does, right? It goes it's back like, to what you said about the, you know, most people are assholes. Like, if someone cuts you off, do you have the thought, it's because I'm black? And then you can get trapped in a cycle of, well, wait, is it really because I'm black? Or, right. you know, like, it, it's in your head. Right. Could just oh, be an asshole a, that cut you off. Here's an example. I was sitting in the parking lot uh, the other day, and um, somebody sent me a song to listen to, to record on. And so I'm sitting in the parking lot, windows down, just listening to it. I got my headphones on, so it's not loud. They can't hear it. I'm just sitting there chilling. And a car pulls up behind me, and it's uh, on the side of me to park, and it's two white people. And they look at me, and they look over, and they go to another spot, right? Now, my first thought is, right, they don't want to park next to a black guy. But here's the reality of it. I do that all the time. All the time. I do that all the time. Like, I go to a spot, and I'm like a fucking hippie. I'm like, this spot doesn't feel right. I don't like it. I'm going to go to another spot. Like, I'm so ridiculous with that stuff. And, like, I, it has nothing to do with race. It has to do with how I feel about it. And what they did may have nothing to do with it. Maybe they're just courteous looking at him. He's just listening to whatever. He's got his headphones right, on. Exactly. Let's just leave him alone. Who knows? Exactly. Right. It could have been any number of things. And I realized that part of race's training and this is this is how the system keeps going, right? Is it defines racism as this thing, then all these other things happen, and you just can't tell. It's like it you can argue it both ways. So there's always a, an escape clause where it's like, well, how do you know that's racism? Well, I can't prove it, but it doesn't happen to you, and it happens to me fifteen yeah. times a day. So <laughs> right. let's say you know, it's like you know, and it's like yeah, but you don't know, and they're true, right? I don't know for sure. But it's just the constant idea of it. Chinese and, water torture. Yeah, drip, drip, exactly. Drip. And and again, my the reason why, like recently, I haven't been so fired up about this stuff. Like you know, one, I'm just old. You know, it's like I'm not used to it. But 
I'm used to it. But I realize that I, I fundamentally believe that the problem that we have is all Donald Trump and again on both sides, right? It's not, it's not a problem that's on both sides, but it is a problem that, like, here's what I think. Right now out in the streets we have black people, white people, women, the, the LGBTQ, et cetera, et cetera, right? Was it LGBTQ plus I, now? I, I, don't, I, I don't know. But but all of the, the alphabet, right? right? Um, the alphabet crew, right? Black people, women. There's huge There are some honky people. men out there, too. There are some white men out there. The all, whole world is doing it. But you know who's not being included, who absolutely needs to be there? Poor white folks. Yeah. And that's the problem, is that poor white folks have always been rich white folks' lapdogs. Right, they've been the ones who stand guard and go, rah, 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 stay with my house. Rah, rah. Like they've always been the foot soldiers, the cannon fodder for since the beginning of the hierarchical structure of this this country. White people have always been that. And that mm-hmm. brings me all the way back to where this started, in a sense, because those are I mean, the the people I went to high school with. A lot of them aren't poor, but it goes to an intellectual lack of curiosity, where instead of yeah going deeper into the world around them they just get their marching orders and they accept what always has been and they they don't want to know any further they they don't they they like this they yeah. don't they this this is too challenging so it's blinders on i mean it's i think it's also that you're given a set of marching orders right like you're given a set of acceptable truths and you're training from the time you were a kid right like you know, we've been taught pretty much for generation upon generation upon generation. Everybody's taught to be rivalrous and we're taught to not get along with each other. We're taught to self-identify and be in these little cliques and we're taught to kind of simulate thinking. It's not real thinking. It's pretend thinking, right? Like you're in the class and it's you and another kid and they go, okay, what's five times five? They're like 25. Well, you get to advance. Was well, that thinking? Or was that just memorization, right? Did you just memorize a set of things and you can regurgitate them at any time and you can do a little bit of, like, computational stuff, right? Can you hand me five of those and three of those and ten of those? You're like, oh, okay, well, that would be... And you can do that, but that's not really thinking, right? And I feel like what we have is we've been given a set of things that allow us to advance, right? Like, if I accept the definition of black, right then that means I'm, like, if I accept the white definition of it, then that means I must live like this. If I accept a black definition of it, that means I must live like this. But what if I decide I want to live in my own definition of what it means to be black, right? What if you decide that the current definition of white man doesn't encompass you? That it isn't, you don't fit that stereotype, and you like to think, and you like to do stuff, and you don't need to be told what to do, by somebody, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm not trying to be like all extra libertarian about it, but I think that the issue that we have is that we keep fighting each other when we should be working together. And I've used this analogy before. It's like being on a, a football team as a kid, right? Everybody shows up first day. This is our teams. Our, you get red jerseys, you get blue jerseys. Now you guys work it out and you, you, you practice with each other. And then when game time comes, we all put the green jerseys on and we go fight together. It's like, all right, we've been giving it to each other good for a couple centuries now, right? But maybe since this is now a global community. Take off the practice jerseys. Take off the practice jerseys and go, hey, we're all Americans. 
let's let's start again finding the resources in every community like like between you and i right if we can let's say you you have an idea and you tell me and i go yeah how about have you thought about it like this and you go wow and that gives you an insight and then you go what about this and then we ping pong it back and forth and it gets higher and higher that's right that's like a collaborative insight i think they call it right like the insights come because we're working together and we're working together and we're trying to have as much signal and as little noise as possible right we're trying to speak to each other with as little ego in it as possible with as little like writers that like the people put in like when they're passing a bill right right, right. well if you well, do that like we want as few of those as possible are, uh, like musicians right wait so that one more like time? musicians first... like you're saying putting writing, yeah, right yeah take uh, the the bouncing of ideas it's a free-for-all it's a it's a jam right. it's it's like oh right. i heard that absolutely. it's a call and response and so yeah it's yes, it's, it's jazz and, that, and right and that's exactly how but if but if we started doing that collectively yeah and we could keep as much ego out of it, as much signal, as little noise as possible in the transmission, as much as little ego and as little, like, uh, strategic sayings, right? Like, strategic speakings, right? I think that kind of thing is the kind of thing that figures out how to solve these problems, right? Like, I think we're smart enough to do it. I think we just need to figure out how to... How to how to think as a team, how to really do that, but I just don't see that as possible. Like, I don't see it as possible because I think that competition is hardwired into the system. Like, I think that, like, the definition of white requires, like, for white to mean something, there has to be an underclass that it's better than, right? Or white doesn't mean anything. And because white actually has a value to it, its value is only in comparison to things that are non-white. Right. So for in order for being a white person to actually just mean something for no reason other than because it is, then there has to be this thing that it's better than, which is like a subconscious reason why I think half the time people are being suppressed because white people are attached to the identity of white. Right. Like if you're a white coal miner from down south, well, you're location based, your job, like your identity is based on your location and your job. I'm from the south. Well, I'm a coal miner. My daddy was a coal miner. My granddaddy was a coal miner. And you know what? They closed the fucking mines. So do what everybody else did and move to where the jobs are, right? That's what they say to black folks all the time. Move to where the jobs are. So black people do it. Move to where the jobs are, right? But their identity, their, their inherited identity of being white, southern, coal miners means that they live inside this bubble and inside that bubble you must accept everything that goes in there and that's my ultimate problem with it right like i i feel the same way about mm -hmm. i, I want to interrupt because uh, before we get too deep in it because i agree with you with the bubbles and i think it's a good point to interrupt because i disagree with you on other parts um not not what you're saying but i'm i'm i guess i'm an optimist and mm -hmm. I think part of our problem is what we've talked about is we're fucking old. I mean, and so yeah. this is ingrained in you and I, and we've lived through some shit. Whereas 
I full well, and this this will give my age to people that don't know it, I full well reading a history book that said, you know, the slaves were a happy people because Whitey was taking care of them. Not in those words, but it's paraphrased. But I remember the old history books, and that's changing. Now, I'm not one of these people that says, you know, we had a black president, everything's great. Change is incremental. It happens in millimeters. And right now we're having a big explosion. And the coal miners... God bless them, are dying out. I mean, it, their, their bubble is not just popping. It's shrinking and wilting. And it's not to say, I think Oprah said once, when this generation dies off, it'll be good because it'll, it'll be replaced. But it's, it's a law of diminishing returns. So probably won't be our kids. I mean, racism will always be around. I, I have no doubt about that because people will be around and people have hated each other since the dawn of time for whatever reason. However, what percentage is that? I mean, we are well beyond where we were, not well beyond, but say say it was 90%, then 80, 70, what is it now? 70 you know, or 69, 60, you know, it's shrinking and mm-hmm. it's frowned upon where it used to be widely accepted now it is frowned upon and I'm not saying like see people think it's bad or they realize it's bad so it's it's all good I'm just saying we're snail pacing it forward and that's the best we can do so I I don't think it'll never happen I don't know that we'll see it but I think it's I think it's a slow change coming yeah I think it's a slow change and it's a real problem because there's two ideologies that are fighting each other right there's a real open, free kind of ideology from people who live in metropolitan places and yeah, yeah, places yeah. and know lots of people, and then people who live in really isolated communities who want it to stay the same. You see that yeah. every election cycle when Trump throws that map yeah. up. Look at all this red I won. Well, it's like, yeah, you won population density one person per square mile, whereas the cities where people yeah. are forced to get along and realize, oh, my gay neighbor isn't that bad. Oh, my Asian neighbor's all right. Right, exactly, they, right. And if you, yeah, if you work for some big company, you're going to work with 50 different kinds of people. And, right, right, yeah. It's a totally different experience. Yeah, and, and I, I think that those two ideologies are fighting each other. And that's kind of like, it feels mm-hmm. like we're fighting for the soul of the country, right? Like, one group of people wants to keep it one way, and one group of people wants to move it forward. And progress rarely moves backwards. You know, that's kind of not its thing. That's you know? what Obama so, said when Hillary lost. He said people want it to move forward, but it, it zigs and it zags. Uh, that was his quote. I don't remember the direct quote, but yeah. he did say zig and zag. Like, his, his, his words that next morning I thought were very eloquent, and it, it made me feel better. Like, okay, yeah. you know, he, he's not giving up hope. Just be, we're going to live through four years of shit. Oh, please, Christ, not eight. But, you know, defund the police. Uh, that could give us eight I years. Mean, wh- I mean, we got to check our timer because we can only do this for an hour. Yeah. Oh, we, got, we got 10 minutes left. Or wait, but no, we thing, have five thing, minutes left. The thing that I find so check interesting, though, is that at the end of the day, I get disappointed in the Democrats. I think you used that word earlier, disappointed, yeah. right? I think that's what it is. And I get disappointed, but more than disappointed, I'm puzzled. Because I'm like... How have they not figured an, this shit out after all this right, time? That's an, that's an obvious fix. Yeah. So either it's so obvious it's invisible, which I find hard to believe, or... Not or, I don't want to create a false binary here, but it seems like they do this kind of dumb shit on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> You know, 
I, like, you know, like, I don't know that... The, like, when, when they put up What's-His-Puss up against Obama, I was like, they can't expect that guy to really win. Like, they can expect him to win if racism takes over. But once you heard him talk and, you know... Yeah, it's like, oh, that's not. I don't even happen. remember who we primaried against. We primaried against Hillary. Those were the last two. But is that what right? You but mean? I mean, but I'm no. I mean, on the, the other side, there was yeah. McCain and then Romney were the two. Yeah, McCain and Palin and yeah. stuff. So it's like, that's not gonna do this. Like, that's not gonna work. And people said, well, they just threw it because because Bush wrecked up the country. They get to blame it on Obama. And keep it moving. And I was like, okay, I don't know enough about politics to jump into that fight. But I do see that, like, sometimes the Democrats do things. I'm like, yeah, that's, like, obvious. And, right, and then and what do the Republicans think if we're voting for a person that we know we don't want in there, but we're going to do it anyway? They're like, right, like, you guys are just voting for a senile idiot because you don't want our guy which makes us just as fucked up as them for voting for their senile idiot because they don't want our guy. True, except you know I mean? the, like, way, it's just, the way know. I look at it, again, the optimist, I'm voting for the cabinet. I'm not voting for Biden. I've heard him speak. Right. He is incoherent. That's why I, I wanted Buttigieg or someone. But you're, you're voting for the top-down system. And what I've said a million times is, all Trump has done for the past three years is held rallies. That's why he hates coronavirus, because he hasn't gone to... I mean, he instead <laughs> he got elected, he went back on tour. You know, like, he is yeah, not... He's like, he's like, a, like a musician. Right. He's not so on if Biden, just as a figurehead, like Trump was, I'm fine with... I would rather Biden be a figurehead and be surrounded by good people. That's what yeah. I'm voting for. Um, we're running out of time. We never really touched on Candace Owens, which is a good thing, uh -oh. because... I don't want to give her much attention. I did want to say one thing. She said, you know, you're treating Floyd like a George Floyd, like a martyr or a hero. I don't think he's either. I mean, he's a victim. She's like, oh, he has a criminal past. As long as he's not a pedophile, you know, are you saying that someone that had some petty, that maybe he was the counterfeiter with that $20 bill. Oh, he's, he, don't call him a hero. He, he's a victim in this. He, he is being held up. He's a sad victim that is bringing about good change, uh, hopefully good change. But I don't think you need to demonize him like she is or say, I, I just don't like the way the, in the video where she said, say, he's not a hero. Nobody's calling a hero. He's a victim. Uh, he, he's not a martyr. A martyr gives themselves up. He did not do that. He was he was murdered. So I think that those are the two problems I had with what I heard about her video of talking about him is, is she was taking it in a direction that I thought was completely absurd and inappropriate. Here's here's what I don't like about her. People say to her all the time, you don't like black people. She goes, I love black people. I'm trying to save them. No, you're not. She's not trying to help black people. She's trying to rationalize white hatred of, of black people. She basically says all those Republican talking points so then all the white people can share her videos and act like they're not racist. All the racist white people yeah. can like her and feel like they're not racist because she said it. And she can well, cash I heard a black in. person told me this. And she can cash yeah. in. And I find it to be absurd because... That's all she does is justify white people's really negative feelings about black people. Because, again, if you really care about black people, really care about women, really care about gay folks, really care about anybody who who is running around, who, who any of the people who are out protesting, right? If you care about them, then the way to, to fix that is to actually start doing things that would show you care. Read books written by people like that. Start Be out there with them. Stuff. Be out there with them. 
and and even do what my friend did today call and just ask hey man and i mean i called a friend of mine the other day just didn't he's not gay he's black but i call i can call him nigger if i want to (laughs) (laughs) although uh uh, you know i i actually did let a white person almost call me nigger the other day because i was talking about candace i was i was saying hey i'm gonna talk to nathan we're probably gonna talk about candace someone's they're like you like that bitch and it was a white woman and I said, I said, well, I appreciate her because she shows that black people aren't a monolithic unit that all think exactly alike. So I appreciate her presence because it shows that. And she was like, nigga, please. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, like all right, I'll give what? you that one. I was like, you know, all right. <laughs> all right. I thought that was kind of funny. She was There's really joking, timer. but. Because we have an hour limit, so let's let's do some plugs. Um, Antargoodwin dot com. Uh, you yes. you do your plugs. What I'm going to do is, uh, do, uh, Katie Henry Band. Uh, you're the musical director for. She has an album out. I'm going to throw a graphic of that up right now as I talk about it. So you give the title, oh. and I'm going to throw a graphic up of Katie's album. Oh, the album is High Road. The it's uh you can find it at Katie Henry Music. It's on Spotify, all that stuff. If you want to listen to it, if you go to katiehenrymusic.com, you can order it and all kinds of stuff. And I bet you she'll even sign it and because she's good like that. Um, so you can find her and me there. You can find me at antargoodwin.com and you at nathantimmel.com. Yep. See, I did your and plug you, this time. And uh, you produced my last two comedy albums. I'm going to throw a graphic up indeed. of... Uh, I did indeed. What is this one called? <laughs> um, my last uh, one is I might not be joking. Oh, this could get awkward. My my current yeah. album is this could get awkward, produced by Antar Goodwin, and I'm yes. throwing the graphic up right now, and everything's at NathanTimble.com. And thanks for listening. Yeah, and exciting. white people, do you know what you can do? Share this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good talking to you, my friend. All right, don't hit the button like you did last week and hang up on me because I want to talk off air. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Feedback, you're going to hear yourself. All right, I'm going to hit the stop button now. Bye, everyone. (laughs) 